on this edition of the Empire Longevity Podcast. That at the end of last year at our spring concert, our spring junior high concert, we had 44% of the junior high on stage performing and a significant amount more uh, participating in the art gallery that was happening simultaneously. So we have just not only just tremendous interest, but an investment into music and music making at Portland and we are just re- warming up. I mean, we're, we're ready to go. You know, we have all these things in place to make sure that every student has access to music in whatever way they feel connected to it. That is Jen Rafferty, who, along with a few other people, I think is really igniting and rejuvenating music in the Cortland City School area. So sit back, give this one a good listen. I'm Dr. Otto Janke, and welcome to the Empire Longevity Podcast. Last year, during the Empire Longevity Symposium, we had a, we had a, a handful of just great speakers, and this lady really stood out, and got a, we got a lot of great responses uh, on her. And this is my very good friend, Jen Rafferty. Hi, Jen. Hi. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> this, is, this is my pleasure. Jen is the chair of the Cortland City School District's music department. And how long have you been in that role? Uh, this is going to be my third year in that role, but my 11th year at Cortland. Uh, how nervous were you taking over the whole thing? Oh, um, I didn't feel nervous. I've, I have a really great team. So I, was, I felt super capable and confident that we could do anything together. Our, our team is really cohesive and uh, I'm just very grateful and honored to be a part of it. Well, that's a cool thing. Yes. When did you start playing music? Oh, well, the story goes, <laughs> when, I was, when I was a little girl, I used to take all of my stuffed animals and put them around the living room and take the cushion off of this orange chair we used to have and I used to perform for them. So um, I've been told that story forever. So I was probably, you know, as, as soon as I, as I could talk, I'm sure I, I started singing. Well, that, that's kind of cool. Oh yeah. What was your, cool. what, what was your early influences of music? So I grew up in um, a, a musical household. My mom played the piano my dad sang in a community choir and we lived very close to New York city. And uh, so I was very influenced actually by musical theater and growing up, I was part of a theater company. So every Saturday I took acting classes and actually my, my parents forced me to take piano lessons. I did not, I was not interested. I did not want to sit and play piano, but my parents said, well, if you wanted to take theater, you, you need to, continue with piano. So I did it begrudgingly, but now of course, looking back, I'm, I'm so thankful that I followed through with the piano oh, sure. lessons. But, oh, sure. um, but yeah, I, I was in that theater company for a long time. So I would say my earliest musical influences was actually musical theater. Well, that's, that's pretty fun. Oh yeah. It's, it's the, I, I think it's a, such a fantastic art form. I think there's just everything. It's costume set, singing, acting. Um, it, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, I talk with my wife often about our, we always had a record player going in our house and uh, very early on it was either big band music or it was uh, musicals like um, 
uh, West Side Story, or mm-hmm. and I, I could I could do all of Jesus Christ Superstar for us. I could do all the parts <laughs> of Jesus Christ Superstar. Right now. That'll have to be another episode. <laughs> it may not be a very good episode, but it will be another episode. And my, yeah. my wife is always amazed by that. But uh, yeah, and that's just because you can take uh, you can take a young kid so many places with um, with musical theater too. Yeah, I I remember just being very taken by the emotion of oh, sure. of the music because it wasn't just about the music and the lyrics; it was in context to this bigger story, and and this this plot that this this character was going through in this journey. So um, I, I think some of my my greatest tunes actually come from that um, of course I've I've expanded my repertoire but I was always that kid who didn't know what was going on in the radio but I could sing you a million show tunes <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that kid anymore but that was me <laughs> that what's was on the me. top 10 I have no idea but <laughs> I can sing you know Les Mis <laughs> let, me, let me show you the uh, the third act in Cats because I can that's do that right. one. <laughs> that's that's great. And so, uh, what what instruments you played piano? And what else when you were growing up? Um, it was really just piano. I, I I studied voice. I took private voice lessons, and um, that started when I was old enough. You know, you really shouldn't take voice lessons until after you've gone through puberty and your voice has changed. So I my my parents were kind of aware of that. They asked around and were pretty educated about that. So I didn't have any bad habits forming before my voice changed and. So then we, uh, we st- I started around 12, 13 and um, focused on playing the piano while I sang. That was, that was something. And then I knew I wanted wow. to be a music teacher. So I, I, you know, wanted to keep up my studies and singing and, and do the best I could do and learn as much as I can. And I had a great, a great teachers. I had fantastic teachers and they're still in my life. I'm lucky, lucky to have them still in my life. And then uh, I went to college for music education and vocal performance. Wow. Yeah. That's a, uh, a focused young lady. Yes, I am someone who knows what she wants. <laughs> and I, I did. And I, I remember um, it was about seventh grade. I, I just knew I wanted to teach music. It was just something that I knew. And, um, you know, I true story, when my mother was uh, moving out of her house in Long Island to, to come up here, I had gone through my childhood room for the very last time and looking through all of my things. And I literally found my eighth grade chorus binder because I remember thinking to myself that I might need this one day when I was a music teacher. Oh, sure. You never know. Eighth grade. (laughs) Oh, sure. Yeah. But you know, there's actually some pretty good things in there. So I'm glad I kept it. (laughs) Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Eighth grade. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember remember playing... um, uh, all city band playing Martha Washington's minuet and think to myself, I never want to play this. And it was, ah, you had the opposite of opposite experience. Uh, but, but we did play, uh, the theme from Hogan's heroes, which was absolutely one of the greatest. We, we were, we, we, we rocked the crap out of that one. It was, that's fantastic. Uh, what did you play? I started playing sax when I was sax. very early on. Yeah. Whatever, whatever grade you could start playing, like in fourth or fifth grade, I started playing sax then, and uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, until I found the uh, the devil called rock and roll, then everything changed literally. <laughs> That's right. That's right. right. You know, same. And you know, I I discovered that just a couple of years ago. And that's, you know, has, has been a really pivotal point in my own personal musical journey was ex- exploring this 
part of music that I just, I was never really exposed to in a way that made sense to me. I didn't fully understand it. And to be honest, I think I was a little intimidated by it. I didn't think I was really that cool. (laughs) So rock and roll was so cool. (laughs) And, you know, standing behind a guitar or a bass, no less, you you know, you had to be so cool to do that. And, And it sounds silly, but it really wasn't until I was in my 30s teaching music for most of my life that I realized there was this whole window of opportunity that I was just completely missing. And um, once I've gone through, I've, I've never looked back. I'm, don't get me wrong. I still love musical theater, but <laughs> I, I'm enjoying this journey in, in discovery of all this new music. You know, that's almost like, that's, I would say, I'd probably make the assumption that's, a, that's almost the reverse of most people then. Perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. I don't know. That they start with rock and roll, or at least top, you know, top forty or whatever, and uh, top pop and and uh, musical theater or musicals is um, something foreign to them. But um, you know, I, I had this discussion with a with a guy the other day about um, um, about the universe and universal languages, and he said, "Well, mathematics is a universal language." And I said, "Well, I don't, I don't think that think that is." And he said, "Well, of course it is." I said, "I don't think it is because I think that universal because mathematics." we have to have a certain level of education to do that. I said, but babies don't know, young kids don't know mathematics and super seniors have bypassed it. No, they don't care about it anymore. I said, but they all dig music. They all can understand music. They all can understand and they can get their foot tapping. Um, and what have you, what you seen? What, and what have you seen with the kids uh, that you're working with now? Um, what kind of impact does, does music have upon them? Well, you know, it's, it's pretty tremendous, the things that I've seen. Um, you know, the, the music room creates a sense of belonging, I think, first and foremost, that is maybe unique to some of the other places where they, they could potentially have that, that feeling. You know, when you are part of an ensemble, when you are singing with a group of, of kids, when you are in a band, um, there's something that's very deep that that connects you to those people and to the work that you're doing. And fortunately, you know, that, that work, um, it doesn't always feel like work because there's so much joy that, that happens. So, you know, it's, it's almost impossible to sing and be sad. Um, it's, it's almost impossible to, you know, play your instrument and not, you know, have your focus on what you're doing instead of all of those worries that, that you have from maybe earlier in that day. And I have seen kids over the years have this transformation because when that, that happens day after day, year after year, they aren't the same kids they were when they, when we first see them. Um, they are well-rounded human beings. They are, in, in some cases, more sensitive, more empathetic, more aware, um, and, and hopefully, and I, I've witnessed this, you know, more joyful. You know, absolutely. Um, the evolution and the, and the, uh, the, I don't want to say growing up, but the, the sprouting of someone, uh, when, when they find, they find their, their niche and they found their gang. And, um, you know, I discussed this before, but, um, uh, I was in bands when I was a young kid and a teenager. That's your gang, man. That's your gang. It doesn't matter if it's a gang of 50 people, that's your gang. Yeah, and uh, yeah. the, the rush you get by having someone in front of you, not that they have to be 3,000 or, you know, or a stadium full, but 
you you play a song and they clap and it's like it's like wow i i i brought that out of them and that's uh that that buzz is absolutely um that's addictive it can be, yeah, and and I think that's that's even something a little extra than than some of the kids even realize. At least when when I see them, you know, I I mostly have um, junior high students, and I, I do have I teach you know modern bands at the high school, um, but I, I I don't that to me is something that they start to realize as they get older that oh I can invoke emotion in sure. someone else, um, and I just think that's you know just a developmental thing. You know, when you're a thirteen. 14, you're, you're just developmentally self-centered. <laughs> sure. You're not, sure. you're not always seeing the things around you, but, but, be, but it's interesting because I am able to kind of use that and, and get them to realize that the music that they might be looking for, they already have. It's, it is inside of them. This isn't anything new. This isn't anything that I can give them. I can just give them the tools to figure out what their voice is or what their sound is and um, give them ideas and, and how to use that effectively you're you're a gardener of um young musical talent uh, absolutely i i think i think so you know and it's this you know planting seeds I, I think is a big part of what we do as as teachers is is you know we don't necessarily plant them knowing what's going to harvest um but we give them these ideas and these tools and especially with music everyone's relationship to music is so unique and different that um we have to honor that and be respectful of that as as teachers because not everyone has that same connection Uh, no and the all the different all the different sides of music and uh you know you're talking about uh uh you know shows and you know i grew up on on rock and uh you know, you know, it, it's, it's so different, but it's, it's, it's all the same beat, man. It's all the, it's all the same instruments, the same notes. And that's, I, I find that to be the most amazing part. Let's talk about um, what you've done at Corwin High School. You and I talked a short time ago that uh, traditionally, we said nationwide that approximately 15% of, of students participate in, in some kind of music at school. Um, yeah, that, that number ranges between 15 and 25 is probably the average participation at your typical high school. And so, um, and right now, Cortland City School Districts, what do you have? Well, so I can tell you at, at, for sure, um, it is the end of summer. I haven't looked at my numbers recently, but I, I know that at the end of last year at our spring concert, our spring junior high concert, we had 44% of the junior high on stage performing and a significant amount more uh, participating in the art gallery that was happening simultaneously. So we have just not only just tremendous interest, but an investment into music and music making at Cortland and we are just warming up I mean we're we're ready to go you know we have all these things in place to make sure that every student has access to music in whatever way they feel connected to it um first of all congratulations on that because that's astounding and, and wonderful all at the same time yeah thank you it's very exciting to share that and isn't it, uh, have, have you seen that transcend to other teachers saying to you that, that Johnny now, since he's playing an instrument, because, you know, the, the relationship between the, the brain in music and the brain in science and the brain in, in writing, have you had any other teachers remark to you about the, your students? 
Um, I would, I would like to say yes, but you know, truthfully, no, it, that, that hasn't happened quite yet. And I, I'm not sure if, if um, that's a reasonable expectation to, to ask. I, I, I do though have, have heard teachers who have come to concerts, um, teachers who have seen our kids perform in ways that's so different from their class comments. Oh my gosh, I had no idea this kid could do that. Or, oh my God, this kid, um, you know, really struggles in my class, but look, she's so focused here. And, you know, once that conversation starts to happen, then we, we sometimes are able to share ideas. You know, what are you doing? What are you doing? How can we maybe use these tools, um, in your classroom too? um, because it's not necessarily all music related regarding the way I structure a classroom or where the music ensemble is structured. So those conversations happen. Um, You know, who knows? This is, like I said, we're we're just warming up. So I am anticipating in the next five or six years, the high school program being really tremendous and, and who knows what that's going to look like. Sure. Absolutely. A couple of years ago, you started a program afterwards. Um, what was the initial emphasis you, and what was the, what was the uh, vision of that class you started afterwards with the guitar and, and the rock bands? So the guitar class started um, as a itty bitty idea when I first got to Cortland because I had the seventh grade general music class. And that class was for kids who historically just weren't interested in playing in band or orchestra or singing in chorus. And um, there was already, so it's, it's already a, the group of kids who can't or who don't. <laughs> and it doesn't start off as a very positive place. And I, I wanted to turn around the culture of that class. <laughs> and <laughs> right, you know, it's like these are the kids who, who hate music, right? Well, no, they don't hate music. Maybe they, they hate the way it's presented sure. or, um, you know, they're, they're not connecting to it the way you're presenting. So um, there were about eight guitars, I remember, in the back of the classroom, still in their cardboard boxes. And I, I said, okay, well, we'll we'll do this guitar unit. So we started with guitars. Like I said, I had eight, and I kind of put out this big district-wide email. Does anybody have a guitar that's dusting in their attic or even in their garage? You know, I'd love to take it. So um we had a, that maybe by the end of that year, I had one guitar for every two students. And then through grant writing, mostly grant writing, um, but some, some budget money, but mostly grant writing, I was able to get one guitar for every student, probably about a year or two later. And that I think was really the start of the turnarounds because what started to happen was these kids realized that, okay, it's not that I hate music. I just don't want to play in fans or orchestra and chorus. And, and that's okay. Absolutely. So, but I really like this other Absolutely. thing. Yeah. So we, we kind of figured out how to provide them with this other thing. And uh, after seventh grade, though, there wasn't an opportunity to continue playing in school. And that, that just wasn't acceptable to me. So um, like I said at the very beginning, and then still holds true, you know, we have a really great cohesive department who, you know, also wanted to see the, the participation rate grow because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if we only had 15% of the kids participating in music, what are those other 85% of the kids doing? And why aren't we providing opportunities for them? Because everybody has a connection to music. If we believe that everyone is innately musical, that's kind of our job. So uh, we, we started, um, you know, 
asking our administration and the board of education to support a, a guitar class. And, and they did, and it was fantastic. And that was the very beginning of, of something that has evolved to what we now call modern band, which is more inclusive guitar, just kind of focus on playing guitar. Um, but I had gone to this really great conference, the Association for Popular Music Education Conference in Berkeley, Berkeley College in uh, Boston. And um, I realized, okay, that's, that's too limiting. So now we had a place for kids to play guitar, bass, drums, keyboard, and sing in, in this way. But truthfully, if you were a kid who played saxophone, you could play in modern band too. Sure. It's just kind of the, the music that, that they play and perhaps the way they learn the music is different. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I have a couple of friends who I played with as, as a kid who uh, couldn't read a note, um, but they they could hear it and play it right back to you. And I just found that fascinating because I'm tone deaf. I can't tell you what goes up or down. <laughs> I found yeah. that I could do that. So, and I hear that a lot. You know, I, I can play, but I'm not a musician. <laughs> and I hear that all the time. And it's, you know, these these people who, who think that, you know, reading music is the thing that makes you the musician. And, and my feeling is if you can, if you can sing, you're a musician. And if you can talk, you can sing. So everyone's a musician in some way. Um, and, and re so reading the music is an important part, um, but it's not the only part. And what we're finding is the kids who can hear better than they can read, help the kids who can read better than they can hear and vice versa. So we're, we're kind of elevating the way we're experiencing music for everybody because people are becoming better listeners and better players by ear. And they're also learning how to read. Absolutely. I, I tell you that I have two guitars in my, my office right now. And um, I, you know, I never would have thought I would have said that, uh, you know, five, 10 years ago, but yeah. Two guitars, just in case uh, a duet wants to break out at any one time. Just in case. Just well, in case. you know, and that's that's a good brain break too. You know, during the day, and and you know, that's that's not uncommon in, in my classroom either. I have teachers and um, administrators come in every once in a while, pick up a guitar, fiddle on it for a little while, and you know, have a chat and be on the way. And, and that's a, a really nice way to just take a break from your your daily grind. Yeah, and using your brain a different way, and um, absolutely. Uh, it's just, uh, again, as you said, you don't have to become a musician, but uh, everybody's musical. Um, have you seen that uh, the, the documentary Alive Inside? I have. And so for our listeners who have not seen that, it's, uh, they went to a nursing home and put earphones onto the residents, a few of the residents, and played music, which was from their, what do you, what, probably their 20s or teens or, or music that would have yeah. resonated with them. Yeah, definitely probably tw yeah, tw mid-20s and below, I would imagine. And stuff, I mean, that, that music that we all know from our, you know, we, we can name the songs uh, that we listened to growing up. And these people literally, literally came alive and their eyes opened up yeah. and they some started uh, dancing in their chairs right then moving their hands and some became more awake um, the stories they would tell oh it was we, we showed it in my office one time and it was no one uh high allergy season that 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 yeah. night in my office you need the best of tissues yeah oh, it was, was it was absolutely <laughs> absolutely beautiful absolutely beautiful and so how do you think what can we do as people to engage more in music and make it more of our life, uh, what can we do going forward at this point? I mean, after, after your kids are done with school. 
Yeah. So that's one of my big missions and and just my, my personal life. You know, I, again, believe everyone is musical. Everybody has a voice. And unfortunately, as we grow up, we're often told we, we don't, or, or we can't, or you shouldn't sing or stop singing. It doesn't sound good. So, pe- so people do, and then they lose that forever. And, and to me, that's, that's one of the saddest things. Um, because while yes, you know, music is stored in a different part of your brain. And, you know, so when, you know, that part is accessed later on, there are all these memories that are attached to it that, that can be, um, you know, remembered in, in a slightly different way than, than maybe anything else. That, that's all great, but there's also so many really important reasons why you should keep music in your life um, all the time. And first and foremost, you know, it, it, it should bring you joy. Um, right. Even if it's singing in the car, singing in the shower, um, those things are, are important for us to, to express ourselves, you know, singing with the radio. Um, and, and if you want something more, there are so many community opportunities, especially right, right here in Cortland. But there are community opportunities out there uh, for, for lots of different people of different abilities and different ages. So, for example, every summer I direct the Dryden Intergenerational Choir, which is just a summer choir. We have six two-hour rehearsals and two beautiful concerts and it's an you know catch-all. So whatever age, whatever ability you come, it's completely free. And I am just blown away every year by the amount of <laughs> just joy. And I know I've said this a lot this you know in our chat, but but it's that's really what it is. And I don't think we value joy enough. Hence <laughs> and music is just the thing that can give you that. And it's free. It's totally free. It's free. And uh the 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 choir and there's a, there's also a band um that is also magnificent, but the, the choir is just magical and you know when we're rehearsing and we're singing in a circle and the nine-year-old is standing next to the 90-year-old sharing this song there's really something to be said for just this group connection that you have and this overall well-being of all of the people who are there and I'd like to think we're elevating humanity a little bit while we're doing it. Oh, absolutely. You got to be. I mean, just the just the resonance between those two people who are the 90 and the 90 year old is just uh, um, they may not be able to share life life stories, but they they share music, which is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Yes. You know, and and I I pick my music very purposefully. So there's, you know, a, a nice array of you know, songs that, that might be familiar to some generations and some to familiar to other generations. So, you know, for example, we sang a really fun arrangement of Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. So one of the women um, gave us a little lesson on what the automat was. <laughs> and, and that was really cool, you know, and um, you know, those, <laughs> those stories and the sharing happens all the time in that group. It's, it's just, it's wonderful. All with music, isn't that, cra- isn't that, isn't That's that right. crazy? That's right. It, it, you know, it, it isn't though. It's not crazy. It's, it's, it's right there, you know, and, um, you know, I've, I've kind of had over this, this year in, in relation to my music making and just my, my overall well-being. this, I, this idea that I've come to refer to as a very Wizard of Oz moment, right? That, you know, you search for all of these things externally, you know, and you go to this thing and you do this and you read this and whatever, but the, the things that you need, you already have. You have uh, everything you need right here. Uh, and, and music is one of those things. Ah. Uh, 
That was our aha moment for today, wasn't it? Yeah, you like that? Yeah, it's the, it's the Wizard of Oz moment, and that's, that's my musical theater talking. Um, <laughs> you know, that's that's what it is for me. And and when I when I forget that, I realize, you know, I, I have I have what I need, and music is something that I have, and and no one can take that away from me. Absolutely. Uh, and was, you, and anyone else who's listening, you have a voice, and nobody can take that away from you. Nope, and no one can take away your connection to the music. Also, I was. Uh, I was asked a short time ago, um, playing around, if you didn't have music in your life, what would life be like? And I said, I, I don't know if I'd be here, to tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how important it is. I mean, we, in my office, my chiropractic office, we we ask uh, our practice members, what kind of music do you want to listen to? And yeah. people, t- people tell me, man, you always, you always have the best music here. I said, well, I knew you'd say that. I said, why? I said, because we ask you what kind of music. We want your experience to be even better here. So uh, that's the cool yeah. part. Um, so tell me um, tell me about your book and tell me about your blogs. Oh, sure. Yeah, so my book is coming out this fall. It's called A Place in the Staff, Finding Your Way as a Music Teacher. And it's kind of a, a how-to guide for music teachers who are just becoming music teachers or if you've been teaching for a couple of years and it's all the stuff you don't learn in college and all the really important stuff like right. School culture and parent connections and self-care, advocacy, all of the things. Um, and it's been such a joy to write. I've, I've really affirmed my belief that I'm doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing and, and teaching music really is that thing. And and the blog is a, is a cool extension of that. It's jenrafferty.com slash blog. And, um, you know, I weekly, bi-weekly things, stories that, that happen that are significant and, and meaningful in some way and, and tell a story about connection. And, and really that's what it is because yes, I, I teach music, but it, for me, it's so much more. It's, it's all of the stuff that we've been talking about. It's not just about the notes on the staff and the rhythms and quarter note is one beat. It's not, that's not what it is. It's about empowering people to realize that Again, what they have is, is inside of them and just giving them tools to use that once they leave. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So someone who's uh, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, who has been either not musically inclined, because they, they how, do, how can we, how can you, how can we get them back into being more participatory in music, knowing that, knowing that it's something they can carry for the next decades with them? Sure. So, you know, it, it, sometimes a lot of it has to do with fear and, and people are afraid uh, often of, of their own voice, of, of picking up the guitar and sounding bad. So they decide, okay, I'm not, I'm just not going to bother or sit down at the piano and, and tinker and know and it's like, oh, it's not perfect. So I don't care. It's, it's not about being perfect. It's about just doing you is, is the first step in this. It's, it doesn't matter what it sounds like. Nobody's listening. This isn't Carnegie Hall. This is just you and whoever you decide to share this with. And it could just, just be you. Um, and, and start small, you know, it could even be as something simple as, as humming, you know, humming can be a little bit less scary than singing out loud. Um, you know, my husband often tinkers around the kitchen as he's cooking dinner and plays a mean percussion down as, as he's making something, you know, spaghetti meatballs or whatever. Yes. And he's, he's playing and singing at the top yes. of his lungs. So even that's a really cool place to, to start making some music. Um, and, you know, if, if there's a place for you to 
sit and experience music in, in a concert or, you know, in some sort of out, outdoor venue where there's dancing, anything that can get you involved in um, some musical experience is much better than, than nothing at all. Um, but those are kind of maybe baby steps if, if you're kind of unsure, like, oh, I can't sing or I'm, I'm, I can't play anything. You can. You absolutely can. Yep. Participate. And that's um, go to concerts, turn the radio, anything that gets your, your heart going a little bit more. Yeah. And I tell my kids, too, you know, when they play drums often, <clears throat> drums, drums are hard. Drums, drums are hard for me. Um, but, you know, the drum doesn't care if you make a mistake. No. Right? No. no. So you no. make those mistakes and you make them big and loud. You go, girl. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, last thing for you, Jen, is in the um, Empire Longevity, we define longevity as the act and intent of being so healthy, you leave something great behind by what you've done today. And we ask all of our uh, guests this. So what's going to be, what's going to be your longevity? What's going to be the big thing you leave behind? Wow. So I think the big thing that I would like to leave behind is, first of all, you know, showing my two kids that you can do anything you set your mind to is, is the first thing. And, and I, I show them that in the way that I go through life and, um, I'm fortunate to be in a job that I love and that I'm very passionate about. And in, in that regard, I'm, I feel like I'm giving back to this community in a way that, again, plants seeds that I don't, I don't know how they're going to grow, but I, I know I'm busy at work in my garden and I'm, I'm creating as much opportunity as I can for future generations to enjoy and evolve and, and make this place better than it was when I was here. That's kind of wonderful, isn't it? I'd like to think so. I, you know, that, that kind of stuff drives me and it's, it is wonderful. That's powerful. Absolutely powerful. Uh, I've said it to you before, I've said it on um, uh, social media before, but I think you're, uh, you should have a t-shirt that says instrument of change, by the way. Ah, uh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> is, um, I do believe there's a, a rejuvenation, a resurrection of music in our community, and I think oh, you are. Uh, I think you're one of the people who is absolutely igniting that along the way. You are a bonfire, uh, that. and people love bonfires because they uh, congregate <laughs> around them. They want to see them roar a little bit more. Uh, I think you're absolutely a bonfire. Uh, we appreciate your time, your energy, your love, and uh, we love Jen being even more Jen. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really, really nice to chat. Jen Rafferty, a guest today on the Empire Longevity podcast. Uh, you can check out her blog and her book. I'll leave links for that. Jen, uh, I'll be seeing you around sometime soon, really. really, really I, I bet you. Yeah, definitely. For sure. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. Take care, Otto. Jen Rafferty, just absolutely a fantastic person who is igniting and rejuvenating music in our community. And it can happen in your community, too. And I'm a firm believer that, that uh, sustaining music is absolutely part of our longevity. And I absolutely love that. I'm Dr. Otto Jenkins. Thank you for being part of the Empire Longevity Podcast. And take a look at our Facebook page, uh, Empire Longevity, and even the Empire Longevity Insiders Group. Uh, and every Wednesday, 6.30, we have our Longevity Live. 
We take a deep dive into a subject each week, and I'd highly recommend you be part of that. Again, I'm Dr. Otto Janke, and thank you for being part of the Empire Longevity Podcast, because Empire Longevity is the leader in longevity.